the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Plan Your Estate Radio with your host, San Jose Estate Planning Attorney Bob Bergman. Bob's been practicing law for over 30 years and is certified by the State Bar of California as a legal specialist in estate planning trust and probate law. Bob is here to help you set your house in order with valuable insights you can use today to prepare a better tomorrow for your loved ones. And now your host for Plan Your Estate Radio, Attorney Bob Bergman. Good afternoon, Bay Area. Bob Bergman here, host of Plan Your Estate Radio, uh, broadcasting from my office in San Jose, California. In the Cambrian Park area of San Jose, if you're familiar with that neighborhood, uh, Ross Avenue at Hillsdale here in San Jose. Um, I'm looking forward to having a uh, pretty normal show today, uh, my usual format, uh, which is to uh, do questions and comments. I will take questions on the air, though, if you'd like to call in. Uh, The number to call in is 800-516-1220, 800-516-1220. Before I get started today, I want to um, let everyone know, if you didn't hear last Friday's broadcast, I suggest that you go to kdow.biz, B-I-Z, and search for the podcast of that show. Um, when you, If you go to there and search for the various show podcasts, find mine for Plan Your State Radio and listen to that. Um, I actually had an interview on the air with uh, the Vice President of Communications for the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association, and we talked about Proposition 19 and an initiative they're trying to put on the ballot to repeal the death tax. Now, this is not the death tax I talk about, which is the federal estate tax, but this is the death tax being imposed by Proposition 19. If you heard the show and you want to know how you can uh, support Uh, the association, Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association, and their effort to get a proposition on the ballot for the November election to repeal the part of Proposition 19 that directly impacts families who are inheriting a family home or other properties from parents when the parents die. You can go to the Howard Jarvis Organization. That's hjta.org. And at the top of the page, you'll see a blinking red light. Repeal the death tax. Learn more and join this fight. Click on that button, and it will tell you all about just what's going on. You can actually get petitions from them mailed to you. You can pick up petitions at various locations. And uh, you can go out and gather signatures. They need 1.5 million signatures in order to make sure they have a million valid 
uh, registered voters signing the petition to get this initiative on the ballot. I urge you, if you own a home you want to pass on to your kids and you'd like to be able to do that without the property taxes going up, if you have other properties, maybe you want to pass on to your various children, maybe even so that they each have a place to live, you want to go and you want to support this initiative because Proposition 19 will seriously impact your family. If you're not aware of it, listen to the podcast from last week's show to learn more about that. Now, like I said, I will be taking calls today if people want to call in, 800-516-1220. But barring anybody calling in right away, I'm going to jive right into the show today. Here in the first segment, we're going to talk about some questions and comments from around the state of California. So here, um, here's someone out of Huntington Beach saying, we need a lawyer or tax expert who would advise us how to inherit a rental house in Huntington Beach, California. They say they contacted a lawyer in California, but when I told her we live in Oregon, she told me she cannot help us because she's not licensed in Oregon and that I should find a lawyer in Oregon. Is this true? Well, it would be true if the um, the property that's being inherited was by was owned by somebody who lived in Oregon. I don't know if that's the case here, but generally speaking, if you want to go through the probate process, you need to hire an attorney in the state, either the state where the person lived and died uh, to probate there. Or if it's something like real estate in another state, like this is the case, uh, even if they lived in Oregon, you would have to do what's called uh, an ancillary or secondary probate here in California to deal with the with uh, real property. Because a probate court in another state cannot dictate what happens to the dirt, if you will, uh, in a state like California or any other state for that matter, unless it's the home state where the person lived. So in this case, um, it's not clear to me why they would be told they need an Oregon attorney if, in fact, there's property here in California owned by somebody. Kind of doesn't matter where they lived. If they didn't have it owned in a trust, then you're going to need to go through some kind of probate court action here in California, and you would likely need a California lawyer. So I'm not sure if the uh, lawyer in California really understood the situation or if they just really, um, the other possibility is the lawyer didn't really know what they were talking about. And um, believe it or not, there are actually attorneys out there that don't know what they're talking about. Um, uh, hopefully I'm not in that category. Uh, there are certain things I would never talk about with any authority because it's not my practice area in the law. Uh, and I'm the first one to tell people that's not my practice area. I can't advise you in any way, shape or form about what to do with the situation that you're facing. Uh, I believe in staying in my lane as an attorney not stepping out of my lane uh, and letting attorneys that specialize in other parts of the law handle questions in reference to those parts of the law. 
Okay. Now, here's a, a, a question uh, out of Sacramento. person said, my father passed away in 2013 and left me and my brothers a trust and left my stepmother as trustee. This is not sounding good so far. <clears throat> the estate is in California. The trust became her trust, and she was moved to live in New York with her brother and sister-in-law and has since passed away. The sister-in-law is claiming our stepmother gave her power of attorney and had left everything to them and were no longer in the trust and refuses to show us the trust. Properties are in California. What state should this be litigated in? That's a good question. I mean, it depends on uh, if the stepmother died and it's a California trust. The question is, who takes over that California trust? And uh, and if you are the beneficiaries, you look at the trust and see what it says. If there's a successor to the stepmother, it may be that you or you and your brothers are the successor trustees to the trust after your stepmother who has passed away. So uh, if the trust <clears throat> left everything to the stepmother and she changed it, then it's possible that uh, everything was taken out of um, uh, the the uh, this person and their brothers were taken out, but I think it's more likely that that um, that that sister of the stepmother is blowing smoke, and this person should see an attorney with a copy of the trust and see what needs to be done to take over the trust, especially if there's property in California. It sounds like real estate in California. Here we're coming up on the first break of the show today. When we come back, I'll cover more questions and comments from around the state of California. So stay tuned for more Plan Your Estate Radio with your host, estate planning attorney, Bob Bergman. We'll talk with you on the other side of the break. This is Plan Your Estate Radio with San Jose estate planning attorney, Bob Bergman, on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back to the second segment of our show today. Moving on, um, here is actually a question that um, comes out of my own Santa Clara County here. Um, just from a submitted, looks like just yesterday. Okay, it says, my father created a revocable living trust, but didn't have it notarized. Okay, let's pause right there. There is no legal requirement in California that a trust document be notarized. It's commonly notarized because that's considered a better practice than uh, creating it without having it notarized. But there's no requirement that a trust document be notarized. It really just needs to be uh, clear that it's a trust document and signed um, and hopefully dated as well, so you know when it was actually signed. Okay, it says, I, his daughter, am his only heir, and the only thing funding the trust is our house. He notified the mortgage holder, the bank, filled out the grant deed and the preliminary change of ownership report with the intention of recording these documents. Both and I were under the impression that although recommended, Having these documents notarized isn't required. 
However, when I took the documents to the county clerk's office to have them recorded and filed, I was told they had to be notarized. Well, the grant deed had to be notarized. I'll say that. Do they? Thanks for your time. I hope to hear from you soon. This is asking kind of generally attorneys um, on this uh, site. Well, yes, the grant deed, in fact, any document involving an ownership interest in real estate or uh, a loan put against real estate or the transfer of real estate has to be notarized. Uh, The only exception to that is if it's a certified copy of a court order in a probate distributing property to the ultimate heirs who are receiving the property from the probate. But then a certified copy of that order has to be recorded, and the certified copy of the order is the functional equivalent of a notarized uh, deed. It's certified by the clerk of the court as a true and correct copy of the court order. So in a case like this, I don't know who gave the gave them the impression that a grant deed did not to be no, did not need to be notarized, but that's actually not the case. Now, that being said, um, the 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 question is if the father is still alive, he can always have that deed notarized and then they can record it. But if the father has passed, then we're in the situation of um, probably going to court for um, a uh, a Hegstat petition. And the Hegstat petition would be for the purpose of demonstrating to the court that the father intended that this property be transferred into the ownership of his trust. And clearly, if the father did sign this document and um, and did, in fact, um, sign it and it shows his intention there, then a Hegstat petition would probably work in a case like this, especially in Santa Clara County, where I am located. So I I think that um, someone like this um, could actually be helped out pretty quickly uh, if if they uh, came to someone like me uh, who could actually do the paperwork to take care of this for them. Now, here's one out of Burbank. Uh, how to avoid California probate. Person said, my house is in an irrevocable trust. I'm wondering why that's the case. Um, I think they may mean a revocable trust, but you never know. Uh, they may may actually have it in an irre- irrevocable trust, which would be kind of unusual. Um, says, but I have $500,000 in a brokerage account. Um, if I designate beneficiaries, does this brokerage account avoid probate? Well, the short answer is, Yes, assuming that when you die, the beneficiaries that you've designated are alive at the at the time and haven't died before you, then it will avoid probate. I don't personally think that that is the best way to deal with things 
because beneficiaries die. Uh, you may also have a beneficiary who has become a special needs person in the meantime, and then you now maybe have triggered a conservatorship to receive that property for them. Um, I think the better approach would be to have a trust, either a trust that owns the brokerage account outright, and then the trust can do the distribution of the asset itself, or have a trust that is designated as the beneficiary of the brokerage account so that you're not worried about a beneficiary dying or being incapacitated. You can have a trust that handles all of those issues after the account gets distributed to the trust. I think that um, that is where I tend to go as a planner. I don't really like beneficiary designations because you are basically hoping that everyone dies in the correct order. And I can say from family experience and from the experience of friends and clients, people do not always die in the, quote, correct order. And when that happens, you can very easily end up with a situation where property ends up being paid to someone's estate instead of being paid to maybe the alternate beneficiaries that someone intended. You can end up with um, with having to go to court to to actually take over that asset, either with a Hegstat petition, if there's a trust involved, or maybe even going through a probate for that asset because the ba- name beneficiary did not survive the person who owned the asset. So if you're in a situation like that, I would suggest you don't want to use beneficiary designations as the way to handle that distribution because there's too many things that can go wrong. And and I have found uh, over the years that I go to court fairly regularly for families to fix those things that went wrong. So we're coming up on the mid-show break here. And uh, I thought that I would... Uh, Come back afterwards and uh, and and actually uh, continue on with more of the questions and comments from around the state of California. So when we come back, I'll continue. This is Attorney Bob Bergman, host of Plan Your State Radio, and we'll talk with you after the mid-show break. Now back to Plan Your Estate Radio with Attorney Bob Bergman. Hi, welcome back. We're going to jump into the second half of our show today. Uh, I will remind you, if you'd like to ask me a question on the air, it would be 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. So here is um, a question out of San Diego. (coughs) Excuse me. Person says, I'm the surviving successor trustee of my parents' revocable living trust. The name on the deed of my parents' home is in my mother's name still. She passed away in January 2021. My father passed away in December of 1999. I want to either sell the home or get a home equity line on the home to fix up and rent out. But the bank's 
are asking if my name is on the deed. The home has no mortgage on it. How can I get my name transferred to the deed, or how do I take full ownership of the home? Well, if you are the beneficiary of your parents' trust and the successor trustee, then you would be able to actually transfer the title of that house out of their trust to you as the beneficiary of the trust, thereby putting your name on the deed so that you can sell the home or get a home equity line. So that's pretty much what would need to be done in a situation like that. Um, The fact that it is over a year after your mother passed tells me that you have not taken any actions like that. And, uh, And that's something that you might be able to do on your own or do with a title company. You might want to talk to an attorney where you're at in San Diego and uh, see kind of what steps need to be done in order to to take care of that. Okay, here is out of Copperopolis, California. I've never heard of Copperopolis. I have no idea where that is. I'm guessing it's up in the hill country somewhere. In the mountains, just sounds like that. I'm not sure, or up in Northern California somewhere. And a person said, the brother of my late ex-husband is trustee of his estate. I think he not, might not be following the instructions in my husband's uh, living trust, of which I am one of the beneficiaries. Can I get cheated out of my benefits left to me in a trust? that my ex-husband gave me when he passed away? Well, the short answer is, if somebody else is in charge of it, then, yeah, it's possible for you to get cheated out of it uh, if that person just uh, decides to um, just transfer everything to themselves and then run away with it. uh, so that's kind of the short answer right there. But uh, but yeah, uh, that could certainly happen and uh, it probably shouldn't happen. But in my experience, sometimes those things do actually happen. And, uh, and in a situation like this, you probably want to um, seek legal counsel to make sure that um, what's going on, uh, that you're actually... Uh, going to receive what you're entitled to. Uh, that would start first by demanding a um, copy of the trust and also uh, demanding communications with your uh, ex-husband's brother uh, to make sure that uh, no funny business is going on. And uh, that's what I have to say about that. Okay. Can a notification by a trustee be sent care of Another beneficiary. This person said, my sister called, let me know my dad's property was being sold. And had I gotten any paperwork about it, because the paperwork she received said my paperwork and several other beneficiaries had been sent care of my sister. The trustee has my email and mailing address, as well as the ability to contact me via Facebook. Is this legal? Well, legal, legal, illegal is not really the question. The question is, 
if you have an obligation to keep a beneficiary informed as a trustee, that would appear to me to include that you directly uh, contact that beneficiary and you don't contact them through a third person, especially if you know how to contact them. So I would say not not necessarily illegal, but inappropriate and could actually uh, be grounds to have uh, have someone removed as the beneficiary because they're not really looking out properly for the interests of the beneficiaries because they're not really keeping the beneficiaries informed. Uh, that's kind of what I would say about that. Okay. All right, that's an immigration question. I'm not going to go into an immigration question because that's, that's again, not in my wheelhouse, uh, not in my lane. Okay, uh, Costa Mesa, California. <clears throat> my grandfather passed away and named me trustee of his living trust. There are no other successor trustees named after me. I went and spoke to a lawyer in person for about two hours. He told me what would involved be involved in me being trustee and how to go about declining being trustee. I haven't accepted any duties and I haven't acted as trustee in any way yet. I've only sought advice. He told me if I don't want to be trustee, what I should do first is write a letter to the listed beneficiaries, my two sisters and my aunt, explain them what I know about the trust, that I don't want to be trustee, and that if they want to be trusting me a place, they should take my letter with a copy of the trust to petition the court to have themselves named. He also told me to put a date in the letter that if none of them act, then to have me petition the court to name a fiduciary to act as trustee. He told me I can write the letter myself. Easy enough. My question, though, is if I have to have the court appoint a fiduciary, what kind of lawyer can help me with that? An estate planning attorney that does uh, court work, that does court petitions, similar to what I do. Uh, he told me it wasn't something he was able to do since he wasn't practicing that kind of law. So that would typically be an estate planning attorney that has experience handling um, handling uh, estate matters, including uh, probate matters. And that is likely what I would suggest this person do is uh, go and deal with someone like that. Okay, uh, moving on to another question. All right. Um, that sounds like something I covered before, but maybe not. Um, my boyfriend is in hospice. If we get married, will I be able to control the sale of the house and division to myself and his son? says, I've been living together with my boyfriend for 19 years. He owns a house, and in his trust, he gives me half. His son is the successor trustee, and he's told me he has no intentions of giving me anything. Well, he's going to be sadly mistaken if he, uh, if he doesn't follow through the wishes of the trust, and he's the trustee. Uh, he has had a realtor come out and look at the house now, so I don't know if he's trying to put up the house for sale before his father passes. My boyfriend has suggested we get married 
and then I would have control and could sell the house and take my half. Is this true? Uh, not really. It's just because you're married. If you're not the trustee of the trust, you're not really in charge. But if you were married, you would actually have some spousal rights that could not just be um, canceled casually by the son. Plus, um, if you are a beneficiary of the trust, even if the house was sold, the proceeds legally would have to go into the trust and you'd be entitled to uh, the proceeds. It says, should I get power of attorney? I would say uh, to really protect this person, if the boyfriend wants to protect her, get married, put her in charge of the trust, um, not the son, because the son's already indicated that he's going to mess around with his father's uh, companion of 19 years and uh, and not give her anything. Um, I would be proactive on something like this. And uh, and I think getting married and maybe putting her in charge of the trust might be the best idea or even finding a whole new uh, a whole new uh, person to act as the trustee, maybe a professional trustee, so that the son is not involved in this in any way, shape or form. Okay, um, how to ensure a wife will get property when the husband dies? This is out of San Bernardino, California. The person saying a family member is married wants to make sure his wife will get property. I assume this is the real estate. The wife is not on the deed and the husband is a sole owner. There's no right of survivorship on the deed. There were two owners, but one was removed when that owner died. That sounds like it was a joint tenancy of some kind. Would they need to file that's a TODD, a transfer on death? I'm not sure what a TODD is. When the husband passes, can the wife file <clears throat> an affidavit of spousal death to receive the property? It was acquired during marriage. There is no will or trust at this point. My suggestion there would be the family member should create a trust, transfer the title into the trust, say it goes to the wife, or put the wife on the title as joint tenants or community property with right of survivorship, something like that. But this is something that really needs input from an attorney to sort out just how it should be handled. So we're coming up on the third break of the show today. When we come back, I'll take her home with Plan Your Estate Radio with your host, estate planning attorney, Bob Bergman. Talk with you after the break. Now, back to Plan Your Estate Radio. Once again, your host, estate planning trust and probate law specialist, attorney Bob Bergman. Hi, welcome back. So I'm going to uh, have a few more of these questions and comments to cover in the uh, final moments of our show today. I thought I would dive right into that. Uh, here's a question. Um, let's see. person said, my father passed away a year ago. We both lived in California all our lives. He willed me his New Jersey investment rental property by way of a holographic will, which is in my possession. Initially, I had problems finding a California attorney to process this. 
I have since, well, first of all, that the problem is because it's a New Jersey rental property, that's why you'd have to do it in New Jersey. Um, I have since come to find out about California statutory fees law with regard to probate. I spoke with a California attorney, and he estimated my total fees, including New Jersey fees, attorneys, etc., would run about twelve to fifteen thousand dollars. These figures were largely based on the statutory probate fees in California: four uh, percent for the first hundred thousand, three percent for the next hundred thousand, two percent. Uh, up to a uh, million dollars, the next eight hundred thousand, and then one percent of the next nine million dollars if the estate's that large. Our New Jersey property is worth three hundred fifty thousand. There's little under two hundred thousand left on the mortgage. I'll say right now, in probate, it doesn't matter if there is a mortgage on property, if there is a statutory commission that is being charged. It's charged based on the the value of the property, the market value of the property, not on the uh, equity the property might have. So a mortgage doesn't matter at all. That's just uh, kind of black letter law here in California. So um, here a person said, I read on a law website in California, the best thing is to avoid probate by creating a living trust. Well, I have a holographic will. Um, lastly, another attorney explained that California attorneys don't always charge statutory fees for probate. Um, uh, his words, although I've heard of attorneys charging on an hourly basis in certain probates, we charge a flat fee, which is never greater than the statutory fee. Bottom line, I'm confused. Okay. There is no requirement that attorneys charge the statutory fees permitted under the law uh, to be charged by uh, by an attorney. Um, attorneys can charge hourly. They can charge a fixed fee that's less than the statutory fee. Um, they cannot charge more than the statutory fee uh, without getting court approval, and then they would have to demonstrate that there's extraordinary legal services that were being rendered for the estate over and above the usual legal services that you would do in a probate. Uh, in my practice, uh, I typically charge a uh, a minimum of five thousand dollars as a as attorney's fees, um, but I calculate the actual fee as um, it's either the larger amount of five thousand dollars or one half of the calculated statutory attorney's fees. So, for example, um, the statutory fee on a million-dollar estate would be $23,000. I would charge half of that amount to handle a probate uh, in Santa Clara County. I only really do probate in Santa Clara County. Um, so that right there is uh, saving a family 50% of the fees uh, if I'm utilized here in Santa Clara County. Uh, other attorneys charge the full statutory fees. Some attorneys charge the statutory probate fee to handle trust administration, administering a trust after somebody's died. Um, I typically charge on an hourly basis for that, although that may change in the future. That remains to be seen. Uh, but there is no requirement that statutory fees 
be charged on an estate. So if someone's wondering about that, that's pretty much how that works. Like I said, there's no requirement that statutory fees be charged at all. Okay. Now this one here, can three people on a living trust keep their names on title to a property, then one buys out the other two later without paying tax? Three siblings have inherited a piece of real estate from a living trust divided equally. One wants to buy out the other two after the trust is settled, meaning after the trust is distributed out. Will the other two have to pay income taxes on the money they receive from the sale? Well, assuming that the real estate received a step up in the cost basis for income tax purposes, they would only receive taxable income to the extent that the money that they received was greater than the um, greater than the uh, adjusted uh, tax value of of the property. Um, chances are it was not greater than that, and they're not likely to to uh, owe anything more. So we're coming up on the end of the show today. I hope you've enjoyed it. Please consider um, checking out. Um, my podcast from last week where I talk about Proposition 19 and the initiative that's being put forth by the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association to repeal the part of Proposition 19 that impacts um, homeowners and their children. Uh, But until next week, this is Attorney Bob Bergman, host of Plan Your Estate Radio, and I hope you have a great weekend. You've been listening to Plan Your Estate Radio with estate planning attorney Bob Bergman. For more information on today's program or to schedule a consultation, visit lawbob.com, L-A-W-B-O-B, lawbob.com. Or call his office in San Jose, 408-247-0444. That's 408-247-0444. And be sure to tune in next week for more Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of this station and are for informational purposes only and should not be construed to be legal, financial, or tax advice. Seek appropriate legal advice regarding your particular situation. Attorney Bob Bergman does not offer any guarantees with regard to the outcome of your legal matter. Prior results in other cases do not guarantee a similar outcome in your case. All rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.